Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. if beef falls out of me or gets offended by anything I've got to put to him on this episode, then, in my opinion, he's not steadfast enough in his own faith. Well, there's no, there's no dinosaurs in the Bible, so the Bible's a load of tripe. Jesus said, well, you ain't gonna find Jesus there because he got up. <laughs> the truth may not be what you were taught... Hello, you're listening to the award-winning Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. Yeah. First time I remembered to mention that Sneak we won an award. Yeah. After three months. <laughs> three months. Right. I promised I would do every episode, I just remembered. Um, this is Bob Shoy. I have Beef. Hey. And I have Tiss. Award-winning Tiss. The award-winning Adam Tissington. What, what award is that that you've won? Um, tons. I, I came second in the Donkey Derby once. <laughs> quite high ranking <laughs> everyone else fell off their donkey I stayed on <laughs> did you really yeah. is this a lie no I, I come second <laughs> what I got a ribbon at a donkey derby a donkey derby at a carnival or basically are, basically folks. you went to a farm and someone went oh look at that kid so sorry, <laughs> give, give him a rosette <laughs> nah come yeah. second I, I would have come first. Is <laughs> there you and, and then two other the donkeys on the podium? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> podium one. <laughs> two other Dutch donkeys. They were the only. We weren't supposed like, to well... ride them. They were racing off their own accord. <laughs> <laughs> and you just ran after him. Well, we got to give him a second. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, how are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm yeah. tired. Yeah. Tired. Is, no, you're not. You're full of beans. You were just jumping around everywhere. Yeah, that means I'm tired. You've worn yourself oh, out. Full no. of beans, mate. That means I'm tired in the future. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that means I'm tired in the future. So what I've got tonight, um, I was going to do this as one episode, and then when I started digging into it in classic classic, classic meme terms. Bob, Bob style. Yeah, I thought this has got to be two. And then when I started digging a bit more, I was like, it's got to be three. Oh, it's got to be a three Yeah, it's a three It's a trilogy. Trilogy? Yeah. It's a so. three-part episode? Yeah. Shit. Yeah, we're going to be here till tomorrow morning. Yeah, we're recording all three parts tonight. Sweet. <laughs> um, and it might be a little controversial. Leave that silence in. Yeah. The pause. There's so much going through my head. I'm like, what kind of... So much is controversial right now. Yeah. I feel like living, like, right now... It's anything's controversial, political, social. This is this is the sort of topic. No matter how tactfully you approach it, we're going to get some negative feedback. Cool. And I'm hoping yeah. um, you guys can take 
the tonight's topic with good grace and the listeners can i'm gonna go try and hear all sides okay uh test you know what it is i did tell you when i was away it's a holocaust denial. No. <laughs> <laughs> we've done that <laughs> we, already, we already denied it we denied it um do you have any ideas yeah i already know you know what it is yeah yeah okay so what so what i've dramatically pitched this is um bob versus b Yeah, this is why I've been so intrigued for the last week. I've never done a conspiracy episode. Yeah. So tonight we're doing um, conspiracies of the church. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is why I've been playing up as Bob versus Beef. Cool. So this is for all the people, and I'm not, um, as people know, I identify as an atheist, but I don't bang on about it because I don't like the um, identity of atheism as it is. It's very ugly and unnecessary. Yeah, I feel like instead of people just being atheists, some people wait for Richard Dawkins to come along and they're like, oh, I like that. Mm. That's that's what I believe in. And, and really, he's a bit of a prank. I've tainted it because there's plenty of lovely atheists. Thanks. Including and me. kind of proud of you, <laughs> I suppose. So um, this is also for the people who, who have listened to the spiritual episodes of the show as well. There's like the flip side of that who have said, oh, it's supposed to be an atheist on the show. He's not atheist enough. Mm. Bam. Here you are with your atheist. This is this is our first. Your legs. This is our first like atheist episode. Atheist I'd path. say. <laughs> Take so, throw the balls out with the atheist bathwater. <laughs> some of these conspiracies are kind of silly, right? Um, some of them I think have weight. I tried to get a good balance. I was going to mystery board it, but I thought it'd be better to get a good flow <laughs> with this one. Okay. okay. And yeah, that's it. Let's roll cool. it. Let's, Let's roll it. it. Oh yeah, and the reason it's split into three, I was going to do conspiracies of the church, right? Mm. But there was just too much. So I'm not touching... Church is full of conspiracies. Yeah, I'm not touching the Mary Magdalene thing. Yeah, that's too big. That's a show in its own right. Which I want to start digging into that. What's that? The fact that Jesus was married. Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene? It's in the Da Vinci Code. It's like the plot of the Da Vinci Code. Oh. <laughs> right, anyway. Did she give birth to Spoilers. Well? No. Okay, cool. Well, the, the rumours are... But well, this is getting into that episode. The rumours are that... It's but that's for another episode. I'm going to cut that because that's for another episode. Cool. That's a conspiracy in its own right that's big enough for its own episode. Hmm. And then the, what was left, I was like, there's so much stuff just about the Vatican that that is its own episode. Hmm. So this is just stuff. This is what this is conspiracies of the Bible. Is this one. So you've got the Bible, the Vatican, and then Mary Magdalene. See, so how do you feel, Sis, being kind of sitting very comfortably <laughs> meditating on the fence? Because... <laughs> Like I want to, I want to say from the outright, no, no part of me feels like this is going to be stressful, Good. or that I'm going. I didn't want you to feel like I'm coming here attacking. No, 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 me. because I'm aware that the church isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. I don't have like a blinkered view of my faith. I understand it comes with flaws. So I'm just interested to know. I guess Tiss, are you just kind of ready to ready to ready, <laughs> ready to dive in. I didn't know about the Mary Magdalene thing. That is that's quite interesting. Well, that's his own episode later on. I love conspiracy theories because you don't you don't have to give stock. To yeah, them. and some think, of these I, are, I just enjoy them as they are. Some of these are really sometimes bonkers. you just never know, do you? And some of them are ridiculous. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what we'll do. Um, I'm going to start off by playing a video because I can't be bothered to explain every single one of these. So I've yeah, got a couple of videos lazy. to play. So we've got a video to explain the first Typical one. I'm going to tackle. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I didn't do my research, so I'm just going to say nothing exists. <laughs> um, so here we go. This is the conspiracy theory that Jesus Christ uh, was actually an alien. Whoa! Okay. Amazing. 
I thought Tiss would like this one, so I'm going to start at one that get Tiss's. Uh, I thought you were going to gonna say Jesus Christ is actually an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> you, do you feel like instead of being shafted with that, you've been given a gift with Jesus Christ as an alien? I think both would be quite interesting. The alien one's more fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to explore Jesus. I really want to hear this. this is a... But it's the same as any conspiracy program. Some of them are utter tripe. And yeah. some of them you can see where they come from. I love them all. I love all the tripe. I love all the... Like Alex Jones, when it's just like, there's people on Mars, like child slaves on Mars and stuff like that. It's just nuts. What? Yeah. Who says this? Alex Jones. Who's Alex Jones? Uh, he's like a conspiracy theorist. Okay. Have you heard about this theory before about Jesus being an alien? Me? Yeah. No. Right, okay. Well, let's have a look at the evidence. You know, it's a spiritual episode when you get in January 2015, NASA discovered Kepler-438b, a planet 475 light-years away and a similar size to Earth, orbiting a star similar to our Sun in the hypothetical Goldilocks zone. The proposed optimal distance a planet needs to be from its star in order to harbour intelligent life. The possibility of aliens existing seems increasingly likely. With this in mind, since the 1960s there has been an attempt by some pseudo-scientists to reconcile traditional religious teachings with our increasing understanding of the universe we live in, and questioning the implications for the history of the human race, if we are not alone. Ufologist Dr. Barry Downing is one of many people who believe that aliens have visited Earth and influenced our history and religions for millennia. Browning is also a Presbyterian minister, and he argues that the divine events depicted in the Bible are in fact evidence of extraterrestrial technologies that were misinterpreted by early humans. In fact, Browning goes so far as to say that Jesus Christ was actually an alien. Downing identifies episodes in the Bible that are similar to modern UFO and alien encounters, like the world's purportedly oldest UFO sighting in the book of Ezekiel. Downing further highlights evidence of extraterrestrial activity in the Gospel of St. Matthew from the New Testament, which reports a skyborn being descending to tell the wise men about the coming birth of Jesus, and suggests that the star that leads the wise men to the stables where Jesus is born is in fact a UFO that telepathically guided the wise men to Bethlehem. Downing also draws evidence from the biblical depiction of Mary's immaculate conception and the virgin birth of her son Jesus. Downing suggests that Jesus' embryo was implanted into Mary by aliens, whilst other theories suggest that she was inseminated with alien sperm and Jesus was an alien-human hybrid. Visited by the angel Gabriel, Mary is told that she will have an important son. Downing suggests that this exchange Mary has with Gabriel was in fact an alien encounter. Other ufologists draw comparisons with Mary's virgin birth and modern alien abduction reports, where women recall becoming spontaneously pregnant after an alien encounter. However, this phenomenon has not been proven by modern science. The most compelling evidence for the Jesus alien theory is the biblical reports of Jesus' miracles. The Bible says that at age 30, Jesus left his work as a carpenter to embark on a three-year mission to preach his wisdom to humanity and advocate social change. During this mission, Jesus performs a series of miracles, which Christian churches consider proof that Jesus was a divine Messiah and the Son of God. It is documented in the Bible that Jesus had the power to control nature, walk on water, and even raise the dead. Biblical ufologists believe that it is more logical to attribute these miracles to advanced alien powers rather than a divine power. This alien power, Downing argues, is also what allowed Jesus to resurrect himself, 
after being crucified on the cross. Furthermore, Jesus' ascension from the earth is argued to be a depiction of a return to his home planet. Most intriguingly, Dowling also stresses the importance of Jesus' own biblical admission, that he is literally not of this world, as proof that the divine is in fact extraterrestrial. The first reaction of some religious people, what I would call Christian conservatives, is one of worry and fear, I think. Unfortunately for Barry Downing and his followers, there is no proof to verify any of his claims about Jesus being an alien. But whilst debates around Jesus usually centre around whether biblical accounts should be taken as literal fact or metaphorical truth, Mark Bennett, a member of the Aetherius Society, argues that it makes much more sense to many people to say that Jesus was an interplanetary being who came to Earth to help mankind, than to say that God created a one and only Son who was also himself at a random point in history, who came to Earth and forgave people their sins for some reason we don't really know. What do you think about that? Um, lots of things, really. Lots of things and nothing. Because it... Go on, what do you say? No, nothing. Uh, yeah, it's 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 very flaky, and I don't really understand why a minister, what uh, the agenda of a minister would be to to make these statements. Is it because he's trying to kind of chummy up to the pseudo scientists, like he says, and trying to trying to interweave mm. science and the Bible, which they can cohabit they can coexist together without him making those claims anyway yeah um but i think i think also what you're saying is it's it's is there much difference in believing that someone came from an alien planet and did those things as someone came from heaven and did those things is there much difference in that um well this is this is what i was thinking in my head i was thinking would you know what if people want if people would want to believe that does it really change that does it doesn't change anything because it doesn't change it doesn't change the mission that no, that Jesus. Had. But it does change the idea of him being the son of God. Well, it, it does, but it's that's that's one part of doctrine which. But there are, there are some other people who would affiliate themselves with the Christian faith and still not believe that he's the son of God. Right. Okay. Um. You know, Jew, Jews don't believe he's the son of God. So, or they don't believe he's the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Um. Does that mean that they? That we're, you know, light years away from from the same truth. No, not at all. I think it's. I think you know, if you're still believing in in the hope that in the message of the gospels in what Jesus came to say, uh, yeah, I don't. Know. I don't think it's that harmful. I think if people want to believe that, that's that's fine. But I don't. I, yeah, it's... the video started really good, and I was like, oh yeah, oh that makes some interesting I points. I kind of see where he's coming from. But yeah, it's too flaky. But then about halfway through, it's like there's no proof for anything. Yeah, exactly. yeah there's no proof <laughs> for any of this. There's no evidence to support this claim. What do you think, Jesse? Well, when he said there's no evidence to support he's an alien, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought, is there any evidence to support that he's a human? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Yeah, there? yeah, there is. Yeah, there's oh, there's yes. more evidence. There's more documented evidence or more copies of um, the historical data that was recorded at the time of Jesus' birth. So you can you can follow it back and you won't be able to find a historian on the planet. You won't be able to find many historians on the planet that would disagree and say he wasn't human. There's too much information that would state that he was. It's whether people believe who he was. So, so most people 
you know, any historian worth their... I, I'm going to make this claim right now. Any historian worth their salt um, would would not be able to deny that Jesus Christ was an actual person that was born and... that lived on this planet and existed. But well, what people would disagree with is, it, it was, was he the son of God? Was he the Messiah? Was he the chosen one? Is he someone who has come to forgive all our sins? So there's much, much, much more evidence for him being a human. Well, there you go. Well, they should have said that. They should have been um, like... There's no well, 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 hang on a sec. Okay. We'll come to that later because I've got... Uh, some things, some things later on in the episode, which are to the contrary of that. Okay, but it's, it, it, I think that's what I mean by it, it being flaky. Is when he says is he makes all these claims and relates it to Jesus walking on water and controlling the winds and the waves and miracles and all these things, and then he says, "Well, I mean, there's no evidence for to support these claims." But what I would say is that an interesting idea. There's exceptionally no evidence to support the claims that aliens could even do those things. <laughs> Well, yeah, this, this is what, yeah, that's, it that's me, also yeah. what I found weird as well. It, bring, it brings me back to what, we, what I've <laughs> yeah. said time and again on Alien episodes. Why do we assume that aliens are more technologically advanced? Well, than they, they have superpowers. He said these could be effects of their alien powers. Basically, yeah, yeah. What well, he's saying we have is, to do it in his voice. He's basically saying that the, the Jesus is Clark Kent. Yeah. He's an alien come to this planet. I've oh, got someone else who's going to compare him to Clark maybe, Kent later on as well. Maybe Superman is Jesus. So I don't want to like linger too much on the alien thing. Okay. I thought I'd start with one that's a little bit wacky, like some of the conspiracies we've heard before. And I've got some even more like silly ones. Uh, the sillier ones that's are going to... That's not gonna... too silly. I didn't no, think that's that not too silly. silly. I've got some silly it's ones. A good, it's a good one for us to dip our toes in the water yeah. with. I've got some silly ones I just want to touch on quickly because there's some media stuff towards the, the back half of the episode. So number two, and Beef, I'll be interested to see if like... Because I feel like some of these I might say and you'll be like, oh yeah, that old one sort of thing. <laughs> so there are dinosaurs in the Bible. Uh, there are no dinosaurs in the Bible that I. No, I don't think so. Okay. No. Book of Job ringing a bell. Well, it depends. Job. <laughs> the, book, the Book of Job. Uh, go on. Mm. I mean, it depends how people interpret text. That's right. Okay. This is on cracked, so you know it's good. Right. It's obviously. Um, and the the article is um insane but convincing theories about stuff in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I've only taken one from this website, <laughs> uh, and all these websites and videos and stuff are going to be on the web on our website with thousandtheunexplainable dot com. If you want to read through them for yourself, because there's a lot of nonsense that I'm not going to talk about in this episode. Okay, so here it says here the Book of Job is generally agreed to be the oldest book in the Bible. Parts of it have been dated back to before the sixth century BC. Uh, it's the story of a guy who had a really bad day, and it features these verses in which God tells Job about a giant creature called a behemoth. Mm. Right, and this is a quote from the Bible. Yeah, behold, behemoth, which I made as I made you. He is grass like an ox. Behold, his strength in his loins and his power in the muscles of his belly. He makes his tail stiff like a cedar. The sinews of his thighs are knit together. His bones are tubes of bronze. His limbs like bars of iron. Okay, Stegosaurus. Mm. Over the years, mainstream Christian scholars have claimed that God is describing a river crocodile or hippopotamus. Um, but it says here, but come on, guys, neither of those things are tall like a cedar. Um, others say it's an imaginary creature, but that's not really satisfactory either because you'd think the creator of the universe would be more imaginative and give the thing antlers and wings made of horses or something. Flavor text. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what do you think about that being a dinosaur in the Bible? Wait, what were they saying it was then? They never said what they thought it was what? They can't just say, oh, it's not one of those things without saying They think it's a dinosaur. Yeah, well, what dinosaur? There's millions. Well... Probably um, from the description of that, I would say like um, 
I was going to say Stegosaurus. I uh, know. I was going to say Bra- um, a, bro- a Brachiosaurus or something, or a Diplo- Diplodocus, or one of the long, tall, strong tail things. <laughs> Such a funny word. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what do, you, what do you give that anyway? Some of these aren't really conspiracies; they're more just weird things. It's just how people interpret it. I mean, there's no harm if people want to, because that is something that quite a lot of people would attack the Bible and say, "Oh, there's no, there's no dinosaurs in the Bible," so the Bible's a load of tripe. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but again, it's you know, the Bible was never made to be. A, it's not a science book. There's nothing about atoms in the Bible, or DNA, or um, like. I don't know, like how we breathe in and out and how our bodies... There's nothing about any of that in the Bible. There's nothing about reproduction and how it's your more sperm morals, works. Right? It's just... It's, it's a history book. So you would say people that take everything too literally... And you could do, not because Job on. is about... Um, so obviously Job is going through... It's almost like he was cursed. He was a, like the devil came and basically made like a wager with God mm. and said, but I can get Job to uh, give up on you. I bet I can do some really nice Right, stuff. okay, pushed him. And uh, and God says, all right, go on then. So he allows Job to be put through all this stuff, but Job comes through um, still like believing in God and having his hope and having his faith, even though he'd been tested so much. So people use that text about the behemoth and say that is a metaphor for God saying, you should have more faith in me. I can look at what I can create. Look at mm. the power I have. You should have more faith in me because if I can create something like this, I can create. See, he could have just another reading of that could be just like you say. He's saying, uh, "Look out! Look what I can do!" And he's like, "Look at this!" And he just makes some huge behemoth thing right there and then, and then he just disappears away. He's just making a yeah, I, point. Yeah, exactly. I, d- I don't really know, and um, you can read into it as much as you like. Really, I don't think there's any harm in thinking that could be a dinosaur. Um, what I heard, the, the only thing I think of are Christians and dinosaurs is I've heard a lot of times where people say, "What about dinosaurs?" Mm. And I've heard the Christian response as um, that those bones were put under the earth by the devil to test people's faith. No. Do you think that's ridiculous? Yeah. But there's going to be people who listen to this who think that's the case, and they're the people that are going to get angry at us for this episode. Well, that's that's cool. And I again, I'm happy for people to tweet me, to <laughs> to email in. You know, if that's what you believe, I'm not. You know, if that's what you believe, then that's that's fine. Again. It probably doesn't take away from a lot of the Bible's doctrine, so I don't I actually, have a problem with that. I actually think the dinosaurs invent the devil to keep God in his toes. Yeah, it's quite it's plausible. If that's what you choose to believe. Fine, go for it. <laughs> <I do>. But <laughs> yeah, right. tweet in messages. If that's what you believe, I'm, I'm happy for people to, to tell me what they think, because I'm interested. And also, I'm definitely not an expert in any of this. Like this, I spent to spend two days reading this stuff because I know nothing about the Bible. And I really wanted to do this episode as a conspiracies episode. Um, so I might be getting some of these facts completely wrong. And Beef can't know everything, so he might mess up on a correction to me. In which case, correct us. It's just fine. Mm. And if I'm missing really good ones, let me know, because it's only part one. Um, so, yeah, we're going to keep rattling through these ones at the beginning. Um, this isn't really a conspiracy, but an interesting idea. The the rib. Yeah. Yeah, Garden of Eden. Yeah. Um, what did Tis? What did God do with a rib in the Garden of Eden? Took the rib out of Adam and made Eve, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Why did he do that? Because didn't need a rib, did he? Had three ribs. How about this? God made Eve not from Adam's rib, but from his penis bone. Mm. Penis bone. Mm. That's why we don't have a penis bone, and most our mammals do. They have penis bones. Mm. What? So they Some has... all animals do. Not. 
most mammals, well, most even mammals. if it's a tiny little, like even a monkey has like a tiny okay. little bone in it. Doesn't a dog have like a little? Don't know. Well, he's got oh, a lipstick, isn't he? Yeah, oh, I don't want to think about that. But most mammals will have a bone, a penis bone, mm-hmm. and we don't. And we don't have an odd number of ribs, so a lot of people are suggesting that it was the penis. The bone. penis bone is what he took from us to create Eve. Okay. <laughs> what do you think about this? That's incredibly offensive. Uh, what, are you made from a penis? We're all made from a penis, mate. No, I'm not. Yeah? Yeah. Women are. When you're born, you're made out. You're made from a penis. When you're conceived. No, I just mean... <laughs> I just don't know. Okay, this is what it says. This is you came from Spermatozoa. <laughs> That's your home planet. Came. <laughs> um, so this is performed by Professor Zevit, and this was actually on the front cover of uh, quite a respectable magazine, I think. Crack. No, this was um, this uh, this is an article on the Daily Mail website, but uh, which is the best reading I could find. I had all the information needed, but this guy's theory when he came out of it was on the front cover of Biblical Archaeology Review magazine. And this is what it says. Okay, so the theory put forward by revered biblical possessor Zioni Zevit. What a crazy name. Imagine having ZZ as your initials. Easy talk. (laughs) Suggests that God made Eve from Adam's baculum or penis bone. To support his theory, Professor Zevit said that the Hebrew word sailor, uh, taken from the Old Testament, does not translate as rib and instead refers to limbs sticking out sideways from an upright human body. Uh, the word sailor appears a number of times and in different contexts in the Old Testament, and Professor Zevit said that this is what led translators astray. He claims that the word was used for any part of the anatomy protruding from the body, including feet, arms, and penis. Professor Zevit said that this explains why man has no baculum, unlike most mammals, and why men don't have an uneven number of ribs compared to women. Elsewhere, he added that Genesis 2.21, in which God closes the flesh beneath the sailor, refers to the flesh that exists on the underside of the penis. So, you know, um, this is getting graphic about the male human body. You've got that, like, seam, haven't you, underneath? Yeah. Um, He's saying that's where God closed the skin up, as it is described in the Bible. Right. Um, Defending his theory, he wrote that his understanding of how Eve was formed is based on analysis of the use of Hebrew in the garden story. So, anything like that? But we all didn't have our bones taken out, so why are we all got Gucci? No, but we're all from Adam, aren't Carbon we? Carbon copies. We're all Adam. Adam. Nah, if I had, if I cut my leg and had a kid, that he wouldn't have a fucking cut on its leg. <laughs> It'd be brand new. Oh, and I suppose under that theory, that's why we don't all need to have an uneven number of ribs. But I thought the idea is that Adam represents the entire of man. Yeah. Well, I think he had a Gooch before God did whatever he did. No, he had a Gooch, but you know, the seam... I still think the banjo string was there originally. <laughs> I don't think it emulated Adam's banjo. So, so this guy, this professor, is weighing all his theory on defining the word sailor. Can I just com- confirm the word sailor is spelled S-E-L-A-H? No, T-S. It's oh, T-S. sailor. T-S-E-L-A. Or T-Z-E-L-A sometimes. To okay. sailor. Oh, right. Okay. I got it wrong. Okay. Because I was thinking if there's there's a Hebrew word sailor, S-E-L-A-H, which means right. like pause. Oh, stop. right. No, this is okay. no, this is an old Hebrew uh, word, T-S-E-L-A or T-Z-E-L-A. Again, the, the idea is that um, is that Eve was made out of Adam's bone. Okay? Right. So if we just break it down and say it's not rib, it's just a bone. Right. The like Theologically speaking, the idea is that Eve was taken from, from man mm-hmm. because man and woman when they come together as 
like as a couple, they they become one. Right. right. So that that's the idea is that God created man, man to be equal. Now nah, that's another episode, sure. <laughs> um, so <laughs> what if there's that homosexuality discussion? Homosexuality discussion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I don't really know what I think of that. It's I didn't really know what to think of that. No, I just had to bring it up. It's it's an interesting idea. I think it's the well. Surely the idea is you still like you still um, yeah. The, the, there was a bone taken from Adam, so I don't know. Yeah, there's not much we can say about it. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to bring it up. And this is uh, the next one is another one there's not much to say on. I just want to blast through it because it's kind okay. of ridiculous. Uh, and this is on listverse.com. <laughs> Links are on the website. And this is wacky biblical conspiracy theories. And they're all trash. I took one from it. Just, just, just this, this was the best one on this list. And this is rubbish. Right. So, well, it is listverse. Yeah. Um, so this is number eight on the list. And it's Jesus called Barack Obama Satan. Um, yeah, Jesus right. called him Barack Satan. Yeah. What back in the day? Yeah. How would he know? Well, this is I'll read it. Is he? Okay. Oh, <laughs> he wasn't born yet. It's no. Yeah, but Jesus, he has alien powers, mate. Then, okay, so he warns us about Barack Obama. Okay, if everyone believes that, no one's going to call their kid Barack Obama, right? Right. <laughs> so this is this is what it says. Tell me if you think it's tenuous. Then it's tenuous. <laughs> it's no secret that Obama isn't exactly the most popular president in history. Not the least popular. Quite a popular president. Popular amongst us. Yeah. Too warmongering for lefties and too... I think he's very warmongering. And too socialist for those on the right. He's clearly got a few problems. The biggest of those may be that Jesus once openly referred to him as Satan. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not the least of your problems. It then goes on to say, it's true. (laughs) Go on. Luke 10.18 in full reads, And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. That's a quote. Now, if you incorrectly translate that sentence into Hebrew, the words lightning and heaven become bark and barma, or shemayin, if you do it correctly. Say them fast enough and it sounds like Barack Obama, and then in turn sounds like Barack Obama. Oh, this is bollocks. <laughs> meaning, no. Meaning, flip it round. No. <laughs> I hate <laughs> this. I hate when people like, if, if you say it like this, it sounds like that. Yeah. Jesus no. didn't interpret that. He's too fucking literal. Meaning that Jesus just heavily implied that the 44th president of the United States is literally Why? Satan. Why? For what reason? I don't know. Oh, this is crap. Like I say, this is rubbish. Nah, Jesus. That was the best one on a list of how many? Ten. That's and it's the ridiculous. only one I'm including in my episode all about conspiracy theories of the Bible. God, that gives you a really Sassy good idea Jesus. of how crap. I'll just, I'll jump into just like say the titles of some of those give other me, ones. Give me like three... God owns an awesome spaceship. Amazing. Oh. An awesome spaceship? Well, does he also own a shit one, then, <laughs> by yeah. definition? Um, the Bible is a computer program. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Jesus invented the internet. Amazing. <sighs> Wasn't it that guy? The Bible contains evidence of time travel. Oh, this has been Wasn't head. it that guy? <laughs> no, no, it's that guy. Wasn't it that guy that doth speak it? <laughs> Noah came from Mars. He didn't. He Noah didn't. came from Mars? Yeah. Was he some sort of collector? Yeah, so this is why I didn't take any more off this list first yeah. website. <laughs> You're right, that probably that was point. the best one, but it was still pretty awful. It's rubbish, right? I liked all of them. Okay, this, ah, I hate this that. isn't. If you say this and you do that. This isn't a conspiracy, really this next backwards. one. And a this lot of these true. ones near the beginning haven't been very conspiratorial. They're just interesting things I found out about the Bible. <laughs> Things I found out, the truths behind the Bible. Um, this is an f- interesting fact, and I wanted to know what you thought of this before, if you know this. Is this true, that Jesus invented the chair? Jesus invented the chair? Yeah. 
Because the carpenter. Yeah, he invented the chair. Fuck off. <laughs> what a career. Where's this been? 30, he invented a chair and then it becomes been... just like. So someone's taking something from the Bible. <laughs> it's in The Passion of the Christ. It's in the film. There's a scene of him inventing the chair. I've watched it today. Oh, uh, no. Is it a good film? I only, no, I didn't watch the whole film. I watched the scene of him inventing the chair. <laughs> um, <laughs> see the pack and underneath the, the comments were like, even people who love this film say this is kind of a silly scene. Yeah. It's um, Hollywood. As far as the film goes... It's quite accurate though, isn't it? It's pretty accurate. And that, so it splits people. I didn't realise it was like all in Hebrew it, until I watched that film today. But it's even the, like, the crucifixion scenes and like him being... Um, like taking the whip and all that stuff mm-hmm. and standing before Pontius Pilate like, it's all pretty accurate but him so, and that's why some people hate it because they don't like they feel it's like it's blasphemous oh right okay like, to well, no, it's not blasphemous. that's what a crucifixion looks like yeah Man up. okay carry on sorry so okay so Jesus what Jesus it's not a conspiracy theory I just heard I just saw it today mm. and I was like is uh, this true yeah there's there's nothing I don't think there's anything in the Bible apparently tables that. were like low then and everyone sat on the floor <laughs> And then there's a, there's a like, scene. My back is killing me. There's a scene, and I'm not going to play it. <laughs> my back is killing me. <laughs> I'm not going to play the scene because it's all in Hebrew, so people listening won't it's, understand. Yeah, it's Christ, all in Hebrew. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah, That's it looked actually pretty cool. Like the scene I saw. It's, good. it's a good film. I would. I would is that they were spoken Rome Hebrew? Well, back then, that's what they would have spoken. Really? Yeah. Yeah. When did English come into it, then? What, into the Bible? No, like, what, the world? Well, Jesus wasn't born in England. No, no, obviously. <laughs> but now, but English is, like, a proper popular language. English is a really old language, but even that has changed. Engl- English it would have been, like, Latin, Latin then, yeah. And it came from, like, a combination of, like, Latin and Greek, didn't it? We've got fucking pot fingers in every pie. We've got German in our language, we've got French, yeah. we've got Latin. We've got it all. He's on Yahoo Answers. Well, the yeah, best answer. Did Jesus invent the paper for the chair? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, the scene in the in the film that I watched yeah. today, the woman's sitting at a chair doing uh, some yeah, knitting or no. whatever. Oh, yeah, much, I remember. Much older civilizations have used them, so... And he's bunk. making, carpeting, whatever, building a, ta- a chair, um, sorry, a table, and she comes out and she's like, hey, this table's too tall. Oh, yeah. And he's like, no, no, you're sitting like this. And he hasn't built the chair yet, but he's oh, like, enacts like sitting oh, at I it. remember that. Yeah, yeah and she's yeah. like, no, this will never catch on. And he's like, you'll see. Yeah. That's daft. That's artistic licence. I'm pretty sure you're they just It's like the director, was it Mel Gibson who made it? Yeah, he It's wrote, like he was like, Did Jesus. he write and direct it? Yeah, I think so. It's like he's, we need to make Jesus look even better. Yeah. <laughs> he also it's not, not good enough chair. that he saved the whole of human race. He also invented chairs. Yeah. It's like when Homer invented that chair that you don't fall off. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and he saw it, didn't he see, like, a uh, picture? Yeah, Edison had already invented it, it. Yeah, yeah it's disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to ask yeah, if you'd heard say that it's before. an old, like, that, surely that's been around for, like, centuries. Like, chair? Yeah. Yeah, probably. In some way, even if it was, like, a stool, that's not a chair. I feel like our natural alignment would be like, oh, this is a bit uncomfortable. Let's make something that sits us up this high. But if you go to Japan, a lot of them play a lot of that slot on the floor. Yeah, but their backs hurt. Yeah, yeah, but maybe they <laughs> their backs. Maybe hurt. they renounced. That's, the that's chair why they. That's why they stand years. up on. Trends. Everywhere I went, there, I had to sit on the floor. Maybe they renounced them because they're just expensive, isn't it? Like, yeah. like imagine you start a restaurant up, you got an expensive. Is it one of those things like save on wood with the legs? Bamboo <laughs> 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 yeah. shit on the floor. I'd forgotten about that scene. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen Passion of the Christ. No, we it's talked about it a lot when we was in it. Romania. We said we was going to get together and watch it. Yeah, I really want to watch it. 
Yeah, good. It's, it, I'll be interested it to watch it. It's a good film. It's all right. All right, okay. So now we're going to move on to some of the more serious topics. Okay. Some big, big so, issues. Gird your loins. How do you gird your loins? Now? I don't know. I watched a sermon about girding your loins. You today. watched a I watched loads of sermons today. It was really... They were all daft. I'd they love to know what sermons you watched, but tell me. They were all started, and I was like actually going to play someone from on the show, but they all ended with like them saying that you know homosexuals are damned and stuff like that. It all went like way over the line, like halfway through. I was always like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Were they, were they all Americans? Yeah, and there is one I'm going to play yeah. later on. Let me, which... let me correct something, because I know a lot of Americans listen. That's not, that sounds like I'm slagging yeah. it off. Just people think that... We're British and Americans are very alike. We're not, and people also think that British and American Christianity is very similar. Not at all. Please. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like we don't have the same anti-homosexuality extremism here in England. There's obviously some, but not not as much. I don't think. But you, yeah, well, we've said this before. You get this. You get extremes of everything. Yeah. Um, it was quite as shocking. Some of the uh, sermons. And everyone's cheering when he's saying stuff, and it was quite shocking yeah. to me. Um, but I'm a you know a left wing pussy. Bible, so. <laughs> a lot, a lot of the Who's stuff that's in the Bible. Is the some Bible. sermons I was watching today. Okay, um, but okay. So I feel like I need to give you some good stuff now to count. I'm, I'm sure there was good stuff. I know I did see good stuff, um, and I was like, yeah, I can get on board with what these people are saying and what they're preaching and stuff. But okay, so this is a bit more shocking. Not shocking, but controversial. Jesus did not die on the cross. Okay. Well, he lived the whole time. He was put on the cross. He didn't die on it. We reckon he went into a hyperactive sleep. They took him, they took him down after he passed out. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is the... I'm taking this from McSweeney's.net, and this is um, an article that someone's um, written where they've got conspiracy claims, and then they've got the debunking claim, and then they then go back and rebunk the debunk claim. Oh, imagine being killed on a cross. Yeah, it's rough. And they say, like, your ribs, like, drop, and you just, like, if you can't put any weight on your feet, you're just, like, hanging there, just like, ah, oh, fuck, but you don't die. And you're hanging there from a you, nail as you well. You die from suffocation. Is it? Yeah. But after your body gives in to the weight of you, because sometimes you, um, sti- you stiffen up for a bit, don't you? Yeah, it's it's the pressure, it's just the pressure, it's too much for your lungs. So, um, like, some people say it's similar to, like, drowning, but it's, like, takes a long time for it to kick in. But drowning is like a peaceful way to die. It's like a horrible version of drowning. Yeah. They say drowning is supposed to be like the best way to die. Really? Yeah. I nearly drowned once. Is it right? Um, yeah, I mean... Beef I, did as well when he fell off that raft. Yeah, I haven't mentioned it before. <laughs> I still um, I still swim, so... Yeah. Didn't mess me up too much. Okay, so the conspiracy claim about the cross... Um, yeah. Roman soldiers only assumed Jesus had died during the crucifixion, when in actuality he merely fainted and was taken down from the cross. Thus, the resurrection was merely Jesus regaining consciousness, not a mythical return from the dead proving Jesus' claim as the Son of God. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. How many days after did he resurrect himself? Three. Possible to go into a three-day coma? I heard that he put himself into like a deep meditation right. to the point where he literally was just like... And they thought he was dead? I thought it was dead, yeah. Interesting. Um, the debunking claim for that... I don't know where I heard that before. ...is that Roman law was very precise and thorough regarding crucifixions and that there wouldn't be a possibility that Jesus would be removed from the cross while still alive. That's the debunking claim. Okay. And especially if someone such like a high-profile crucifixionist as that, I think they'd be doubly sure. Like Rasputin. But the um, rebunking claim on this website is... Um, and this is a kind of cynical view of the church, looking at church as a business. 
um, which is a major criticism of the church in general. Whether Jesus died or survived his time hanging out on the cross is irrelevant. What mattered to the church is that he was on the cross. Why? Where do you think the Catholic Church's money, rumoured to be around 15 billion, comes from? Uh, real estate holdings and investments in banking? Oh, ye of little faith and even less knowledge is mainly from selling crucifixes and crosses. Uh, the religion aspect is nice and everything, but the church is all about the merch. I don't know anything. I'm just going to say right now, mm-hmm. I, my knowledge of Catholicism is very, yeah. very minimal. I, I didn't think it would. Um, you did they say anything that. about the Roman soldiers piercing his side? It did. It doesn't say about that on here. Because I did forget about that though. Yeah. So they pierce his side. And, yes. And the so the um, yeah, because he's got gash under his. Either. So the evidence. So if you if someone's died, their water and their blood separates. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what the Roman soldiers would do to check that they'd actually died. Was they give them a jab in the side, pierce them, and you could see like you can see it coming out. So that's um, so that's like their test. So that would be like an evidence for someone being dead. Yeah. Mm. Um, but in just a little something you might find interesting, a lot of the reasons why people don't believe in the resurrection is because a lot of the accounts of people witnessing his resurrection came from women. Right. And women... Notorious liars. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> uh, no, at the time, women were not allowed to give witness or any testimony in court. Oh. So they weren't... They were like shepherds. Like That's why when you look at the nativity story, you think, well, why would God choose to use shepherds when no one would believe them? They don't They don't believe their testimonies because they're considered like the lowest of the lows. Like shepherds were like scum. Mm-hmm. Um, and women, like women weren't considered scum, but they, they just weren't given the same, you wouldn't believe a woman because they wouldn't have that same claim. So that's why people don't believe, well, that's why quite a few people wouldn't believe in the resurrection or they would use that historical evidence against the Bible. But, um, yeah, I would, my question to that theory or to that conspiracy is what, what would they say to the, the pierce in the side? Yeah, it doesn't mention that. But, um, yeah, just why, why would, like I don't know again why would why would they do that? Why would the Roman soldiers do that? Like he was hated. Like so mm. many people wanted to see Jesus die. Unless like Tiss said he went into that deep meditative state. Um, yeah. I don't know where I heard that. I heard it somewhere. And mm. I was just like, Oh, that's interesting. And this this website I was sorry, Karen. Oh, I nearly found out. I mean, mm. I nearly remembered where I, where I This website had some interesting stuff on it. And it was interesting getting the conspiracy, the debunk, and then the rebunk, and him analysing and taking both, and then saying what he thought at the end. But some of it got like a little bit silly. Some of his rebunks, like he was just trying to go for like a comedy answer, and I was like, "But some of your other ones are so intelligently written." And then it would just be like something like, "Oh, Dan Brown is Jesus," or something. Like that. I'm like, "What? That's the yeah. silly. Why are you saying that? Your other points were so intelligent." But the the Catholicism thing is. People are always going to criticise the Catholic Church, always, yeah. because it has so many, uh, like any faith, like anything really. That There's a lot into. of There's, dirty little secrets. Yeah, so in people the will hold Church. on to those things, um, and that will become their gospel truth. So, but I, yeah, I just think it's. It's an interesting idea, but there doesn't seem to be an awful lot of evidence. There doesn't seem to be much weight to it. Hmm. There, there seems to be too many. What, like, why? Why would they do that? Hmm. So. There were some interesting stuff on that page. I'm not going to read any more from that article. If you want to find it, it's on mcsweeneys.net. Uh, it was an article written by Keaton Patty called, uh, the article was just called Jesus Conspiracies. But there was some interesting stuff on it. Um, if you want to have a look and that'll be on the blog. Jesus as a link. Conspiracies. I feel like David Blaine said it. 
I feel like uh, in a lead up to oh. one of his tricks, he was saying, "All oh, right, yeah, that he learned oh, he did. Yeah, I this have technique to... from someone, and he said that Jesus might have used this to to resurrect himself later by making." You're right. I have seen David Blaine say that. Dead. Um, but David Blaine also put himself in a box above the tens and like sat in there for days with his own. Crap. Forty days, forty nights. Yeah, isn't that isn't that a thing? Forty days, forty nights. Yeah, it's Lent, isn't it? Lent. Is Lent 40 days and 40 nights? No, but did David Blaine stay in that glass cube above the Thames for 40 days and 40 yeah. nights? Yeah, he did, yeah. He gave up life for Lent. Was it? Was that what it is? What, didn't have a, what's 40 days and 40 nights? 40 nights is Lent, isn't it? 40 it's days and 40 nights. Yeah. Yeah. You give up something for 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah. Like that Ashton Kutcher movie where he gives but up that's sex. that's very believable. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people say that fasting is quite beneficial. So to fast. Well, it depends on like... That, that's why people Probably get really upset about Ramadan, because it's... A lot of people would say that that's not a healthy way to fast. Mm. No, so it seems too extreme. All the way through this, it's because it's the summer months. But fasting is like a discipline that you should choose to do, mm. uh, and you'd ha- you might have personal reasons for it. There's uh, a guy I found online who's 88. He's vegan, and he looks like a good 50 year old. And he a good he eats <laughs> once every 24 hours. So he, just he says that he fasts. <laughs> yeah. No, he eats like... He sits down at a buffet. Right? Natural, That's not good raw. for you. No. He's 88, vegan, and built like a brick shithouse. Tell him that. Yeah, but there's, this is what I say to you. There's always an anomaly. It's like when you get someone who's 120 and they <laughs> not, smoke 20 fags every day. Oh, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not saying it, it, one rule fits everyone. Well, you get those footballers. You can't take an anomaly and say, like, this is what you should do, because this guy did it. It's, it's like, like people like, saying, oh, oh I, I don't do exercise because these professional footballers die on the pitch. Like, I wouldn't yeah. say everyone should do it. I'm just saying that fasting isn't quite what people think it is. Fasting is a discipline. It shouldn't like can be good. It, like in my opinion, fasting shouldn't be seen as a like a religious as something you have to do. Fasting should be a choice that you make to do. Do you give up stuff to learn? No, I've never given anything. It, up it, in my it life. seems too, like too kitschy. Like people oh, do it as like yeah. Oh, it's like New Year's resolutions, isn't it? I, I, make, I make the same. I make the same. Yeah, but only because I want to. I'm not like I'm giving this up. I just don't do stuff. I don't want to do it anymore. Like I make the same joke every year. I'm like, I'm giving up pancakes for Lent. Uh, <laughs> that's a good joke. Is that, right? <laughs> that a beefy original? Or do you take it from pancakes the like No, the reason people would the reason we pancake pancakes day. are uh, on pancake days to use up all the leftovers that you'd have. Oh. things that would go bad. Like the, you just what, use it all then? up. Or before? No, before before, before then before you then. lose everything up. You eat your pancakes. So Shrove Tuesday oh. so you've got no is going pancake bad. day. You get rid of it, and then Ash Wednesday, the day after, is. When you've got it. the shits from all that. Oh. <laughs> you pebble ash the back of the toilet with all your pancake runoffs. <laughs> Shraved your pants. Shraved. Runoffs. <laughs> Shraved pews day. Um, Let's go. Crapping in the pews, is that what you're getting at? Pews day. Shraved pew, pews day. Oh, pews day. Yeah. I thought you meant like pew, like a church pew. <laughs> okay, all right. right. Go on. What's the beard and the thing? Is that like a... That's our depiction that's of Jesus. Do they describe what he looks like in the Bible? Uh, not really. The only um, there's, if you look, there's. But um, he wasn't white, was he? No, he they just made him white, white to make him more appealable to the masses. He would have been Mediterranean. Yeah, he was born in the Middle East, so he yeah. would have been. He'd have had Dark. that complexion. Brown. He wouldn't have been black. No, he would also wouldn't have been white. So, no. but um, no, the white, the long hair and the beard. That's our idea of. That's, that's like our depiction archetype. of Jesus. Like a. That's a stereotype. That's what yeah, we would archetype. assume. Archetype. But because so like, he looked like Tiss. <laughs> I had someone Jewish, shout out of their car Jew. window, oh, mate, you Jesus. Yeah, mate, when I had longer hair, didn't stop that's why I used to get it every day. Didn't if you have long hair. hair and a beard, you get called Jesus. Yeah. I don't even have a beard. <laughs> there's um, there's a picture of, so <laughs> some some science lab has 
and see what Jesus looks like. That's all this today. Have you seen it? Yeah. Um, He didn't have. He doesn't got long hair. He's got a way broader face than you'd expect. Hasn't got a beard. He has got a beard in the picture. Could he grow a beard? If I just Google Jesus, is that Jesus? If you did Jesus' face, it normally it came up so much when I was looking. Because this has been. This is like a scientist has looked into this, haven't they? They've looked at the complexion and. Facial features and... I was going to bring this up, but I didn't. <laughs> this one actually does look like you, Tiss. <laughs> that really looks like me. That's really <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> it's weird. That's super weird. That is so mean. That, is that the depiction of what he looked like? No, I've seen the one. He looks more like a caveman. Is it this one? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. No, it's similar to that. Brutus. Yeah. Looks no, like fucking Julius Caesar. The only, the only scripture... Um, that kind of gives you an idea of what Jesus looked like. It pretty much says that there was nothing extraordinary. There's nothing like that would you'd look at him and be like, "That's you know, that's yeah. Jesus." man, a Jewish man. The reason that we give him long hair and a beard is because Jewish people wouldn't have cut their hair, right? I think I'm pretty sure on that. Again, my my Judaism knowledge is poor, but I'm pretty sure. Jewish people at that time, the custom was, and I think it still is, that you can't cut your hair. If you're if you're Jewish, let us know. But not one of them little doidles. Uh, what are they called? <laughs> Real Jesus, fake Jesus. No, that is that one is that's the that's what they. Some people would say he would have more like is more reasonable for him to have looked like that. And that is just <laughs> fake Jesus. That's like Kings of Leon, remember? <laughs> yeah, it's like one of your ancestors. Outro music this week. <laughs> right, Beef. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Did Jesus believe in reincarnation? Um, I don't think so. Don't know. Go on. Some believe. Some say that Jesus believed in and taught reincarnation. And taught reincarnation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go on. Um, there's a book called Reincarnation in Christianity uh, by someone called Geddes McGregor. Um, and it suggests that Oregon, have you heard of Oregon? Origin, Oregon. He's a third century theologian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Am I saying that right? Oregon. Origin. Origin, right. Um, he wrote texts to support belief in reincarnation, but they were suppressed. Yeah. He had like, I think it's um, Gnostic opinion. So he was right, like yeah. Gnostic. It so was believed that... The gods are real, but they don't. We we don't um, like they not. They don't interact with us, right? Okay, and we should do what we want to do, and we should live to have a, like a happy. I did look a little bit into the Gnostic stuff today, but it was like down another like long rabbit hole, which I couldn't. Didn't have enough yeah, time. Gnostics to get into. are mad. Gnostics essentially Gnostics ju- are like just like a Bart Simpson ideology. Just like if it feels good to look, Mark. I'm a musician. In case you'd forgotten. Yeah, I answer to a higher law. The law of, if it feels good, do it. Oh, that's a great law, isn't it? What's that? Gaddafi's law? It's the musician's law. Right. That's, that's they used to have, like, that's uh, that's mushroom parties. They were, it's like, yeah. Um, pretty, pretty laid-back people. Well, many think that the mention, there was loads, originally loads of mentions of reincarnation within the Bible. Mm. Uh, but they were remo- removed, because it didn't, it didn't fit in line with the view of the Christianity that the Romans and the church wanted. Um, so they removed all mentions of reincarnation from the Bible. Um, many uh, also think that Jesus not only did believe in reincarnation, but that he thought John the Baptist was the reincarnation of Elijah or Elijah. Is that Elijah or Elijah? Elijah. Yeah. Uh, is that because 
Is that referring to any biblical... Yeah, I've got some texts here that that suggest that. Yeah, what is it? Um, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I know what you're talking about. This is on uh, beliefnet.com. Beliefnet. It's all... It's all net. (laughs) Christiannet.com. So this is um, the quote from the Bible that suggests Jesus is... Uh, what was it he thought he John, the John the Baptist was a reincarnation okay. of Elijah, yeah. So this belief is based on uh, Malachi 4.5, Behold, I'm going to send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. Um, and the Bible is explicit in this. It says, They ask him, saying, Why is it that the scribes say that Elijah must come first? And he said to them, Elijah does first come and restore all things. And yet how it is written of the Son of Man that he will suffer many things and be treated with contempt. But I say to you that Elijah has indeed come, and they did to him whatever they wished, just as is written of him. So he's saying, Elijah has come, it's John. Um, He also says, if you're willing to accept it, John himself is Elijah who was to come. So Jesus actually says that in the Bible. Um, John is Elijah. Mm. Um, his disciples asked him, why then do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? And he answered and said, Elijah is coming and will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah already came and they did not recognize him, but did to him whatever they wished. So also the son of man is going to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he had spoken to them about John the Baptist. Mm. Um, yeah. Cool. John the Baptist baptized Jesus. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Good. So, what do you think about that, Jesus? Um, okay. So, do you think that's uh, any weight to the fact that Jesus believed him be, to be the reincarnation? Uh, I see Elijah? where people are coming from, mm-hmm. but commonly people would think, or people would argue, and there'd be a lot of evidence for this because usually Jesus spoke. The reason Jesus spoke in a lot of the time in like metaphor or picture language in riddles is because there are a lot of people who, at the time, if he'd have come right out and said exactly what he was saying, then he'd have been imprisoned. A bit like Nostradamus. Well, yeah. Nostradamus spoke in riddles because what he was saying was blasphemous. It was, was a big pill for people to swallow. Yeah. So so that's the reason. And so the idea is that, yeah, so Jesus spoke in these ways um, to engage the right people without angering and infuriating the wrong people. You right. know what I mean? So, pe- so the reason, so a lot of people would say, and I would agree with with this, is that um, he was saying to these people that John the Baptist is their Elijah. So Elijah was is probably one of the most is probably the most famous prophet in the Bible. Right. Who a lot if you read Elijah, a lot of it is foretelling Jesus and him coming and being on the planet, and, you know, all that kind of stuff, and not being on the planet, but you know, foretelling Jesus being the Messiah. And that's what John the Baptist did as well. So when people were asking him about Elijah, they were asking him about the message that Elijah brought. Um, there is a contradiction to that, though, in the Bible. Yeah. Later on, when okay. someone talked to John, yeah, it says, um, they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? And he says, I am not. <laughs> I am not. Yeah, well, no, you know, so it literally contradicts itself. But he wasn't... But then he says, are you the prophet? And he answered no. Yeah, so Jesus was... So Jesus was... Yeah, but Neo didn't think he was the one. So Jesus was... Can we do an episode about Bible metaphor in the in the Matrix? Yeah. Go for it. So, uh, no, Jesus, again, speaking metaphorically, like the people asking him at the time about Elijah and the message that Elijah brought. So Elijah was almost... A lot of what Elijah was saying was like a warning, mm-hmm. like a prepare yourselves... 
because the Messiah is coming. And that's the same thing. So John's message is prepare. Um, I come to prepare the way for the Lord. And a lot of his, a lot of what John the Baptist says is mental. Like it's like really powerful and quite aggressive in, in his... Was he like the kooky member of the band? Well, he was... He kind of like lived in the wilderness and oh, right. didn't stick around for too long because he'd upset people. Basically, his message was so aggressive. Um, not like angry, but just like, this is this is what the Bible says and this is the gospel. You better sort your lives out quick. Right. And that's kind of mirrors what Elijah was saying and that's what he was prophesying. So that's what Jesus was saying metaphorically is that, okay, if you're looking for Elijah, John's your Elijah. He's your warning. He's, okay, if you're looking for am I the Messiah and is there anyone around who I can look to who's going to confirm that for me? John is your version of Elijah who's telling you, get your lives ready because I'm the Messiah. So John's, and then John saying, I'm not Elijah, I guess would have just been his humility. Mm. No, I'm not a prophet. I'm not. And he says, he even says to Jesus, I'm not worthy. I can't baptize you. I'm not worthy to tie up your sandals. Right. Okay. So I've heard that. That's his way of saying, no, I'm not Elijah. I'm not even a prophet. Don't don't talk to Did me. Did he about fall it. to his knees and go, "We're not worthy. <laughs> no, that's I'm fine, not worthy. <laughs> We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're stuck. We're stuck." It's a good movie. Okay, we've got two more. Cool. Um, the missing books of the Bible. Yeah, Is you that know this in one, the right? Alexandra, the fi- the fire of Alexandra. Uh, let me play you a little video here. Because the Fire of Alexandra banned loads of books, didn't it? Back in the day. What's that? The Fire of Alexandra. No, these are books Back that were cut day. from the Bible the before it was even out, before it was even published. What, director's cut? Yeah, it was directed cuts. What was it? Like, Jesus, like, well, these are the, slapping people? These around. are what the Roman church want people to think Christianity is. This is apocryphy. So before they, they edited out what they didn't want in the, the Bible apocryphal before it was books out. are the ones... So The Bible was published in, like, 350-ish AD... A penguin. <laughs> so Jesus has already been dead a long time. So the people, a lot of people that wrote the Bible, they say weren't even eyewitness eyewitnesses to what the Bible was even about. It was like put together to make a form of Christianity that the Romans wanted. Right. But we're going to get to that. This Ooh, is the juicy stuff. Okay. Okay. So this is the missing books. The missing books of the Bible. At over 783,000 words and 1,189 chapters, the Bible is one of the longest texts ever written. It consists of 66 separate books, but surprisingly, this is meant to be 83. At least 17 books have mysteriously disappeared from our modern Bible, and no one knows what happened to them. We know that the books existed once because they are referred to in other parts of the Bible. For example, Chronicles 29.29 mentions the records of Nathan the prophet and Gad the seer, both of which seem to have mysteriously disappeared. Speculation is rife as to what could be included in the missing books, with one line of thought being that what they taught did not necessarily correlate with the desired Christian message, and they were deliberately omitted. Uh, just a brief little video to give you an overview of what we're talking about. What, what do you think? I'm interested to hear what these books have. Well, what do they have? I don't know. Me? Yeah. So... He said, because he said there are references in the Bible to things that aren't in the Bible. They're like, see this book. And it's like, that book's not even anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Gad the Seer. So they had... Um, oh so these books are collectively known as 
the apocryphal books or the mm-hmm. apocryphal texts. And all that means is there are books that just weren't included in the in the Bible. Basically, the big council sat around and said, "Not them ones." It wouldn't have been. See, this is this is where it becomes like a a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have been that a group of seventeen people who were against Christianity or uh, were just complete nutcases wrote books and then. Like the apostles sat down, like, okay, when they publish their books, ignore it. Let's just, we are going to burn them. We're not going to make sure. It wasn't anything to do with that. You can go buy these books. You can go to Waterstones. What, and buy... even the ones about Gad the Seer and stuff? Probably. Where it was like, I don't, I don't no know one knows about, where these I don't know about Gad. I think there's some where it's like, there is some that were omitted, but you can still read them. And that's a lot of what, like, the Gnostic beliefs are about, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like the can... bits that were cut, they yeah. believe in that as well. So there's the Canon Bible. Yeah. what's known as the Canon Bible, which is the Bible that everyone has, the normal Bible. But then you can buy the Bible with missing bits in it, right? The Director's Cut Bible. Yeah. Uh, but that's not the Canon Bible. That like, has other bits put in that were originally omitted. Mm-hmm. And then I think there are other books that are mentioned in the Bible, which no one's found. Like, the records are lost of them completely. Yeah. So two things. Okay. Uh, Gad, I don't know about Gad, but I know for certain, because a few years ago I was walking around Waterstones, Going on holiday, wanted some holiday reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I bought some Chuck Palahniuk books right, okay. in the end. But I walked past and I'd seen uh, so Thomas, as in the Thomas the Doubter, <laughs> doubting <laughs> Thomas, the Fat Controller, uh, Gordon, rolled into the station. <laughs> no, uh, so Thomas, who was a disciple, wrote a gospel or wrote a book. And is that where the term doubting Thomas comes from? Because he doubted people. Thomas the Doubtful. No, it comes because um, when Jesus was resurrected and appeared to the disciples, he was the only one that was like, "I need to, I need to like." He wanted to like. Wow, I he never wanted knew. To, like, hold Jesus. He wanted to touch him. And, I like, never look knew closely that... at his hands and his the yeah. side and what kind of. Stuff. I never knew doubting Thomas was a biblical expression. Yeah, a doubting Thomas it comes from the Bible. Wow, yeah. I never knew that. Because Tom, I always yeah. wondered where that came from. But the idea is, it, it comes from. So people would say that Thomas doubted. Because he he wanted more evidence. So when, when Jesus walked in, everyone else was like, oh, Jesus. But Thomas was the only one that, that was like, I need to... I think he actually says, I want to, like... Put he my, was, he put I his finger through the hand. hole. I want to put your finger through That's what hole. I always remember. He wanted to put his finger through the hole in yeah, the hand of the nails. Yeah, and I like, see your pierced side. Yeah. And Jesus obliges and says, all right. Um, Check this out. Yeah, look at that. Um... And then, but but I I in my opinion I don't think he's doubting. I think he just were like so adored Jesus that he was like, if it really is you, I need to know for sure. Mm. Uh, but anyway, the missing book. The missing, missing books. books you though. can you. I think also the other one I saw was uh, Mary Magdalene, mm-hmm. and you can get that in Waterstones. There is um, quite a few others, obviously, but those I won't get ones. into. There's stuff about Mary Magdalene that I was going to talk about just then, but I think I'll save it for that episode because it's quite juicy. Okay. But you can you can you can buy them. They're not they're not mystical. They're not these crazy books that you have to like trek up a mountain and like go like you'd have to be Indiana Jones. Every now and then though, they do find old scriptures, so they think were supposed to be part of the Bible, and no one's known what they were. But like the, the Dead Sea Scrolls, right? Yeah, but you can but you you can refer to the Dead sea, the to the Dead Sea Scrolls, um, and I I study the Dead Sea Scrolls quite often. Um, but the reason these books wouldn't have been put into the Bible is largely because some of them 
uh, I, I mean, I've not read any of them, but what I know about it is that some of them, the reason they weren't included in canon is because some of them read like diaries. Right. So it's more like describing what they thought about Jesus or what they saw him do. And the reason they're not included is because they don't, they don't mirror up with other people's. See, a lot of people think that it was the Roman emperors yeah. who were just like, that doesn't gel with what we want the people believing in. Yeah. There's a quote, actually, this is a quote from the Da Vinci Code. Okay, go on. Um, the fundamental irony of Christianity, the Bible as we know it today, was collated by the pagan Roman emperor Constantine the Great. Okay. Um, but that's apparently untrue. Yeah, it is. Um, he could when, have collated the whole Bible. When certain books were approved for the Bible, Constantine wouldn't have had any say in it. It wouldn't have been his say. What it's was not, approved and not. It wouldn't have been his opinion. It would or did he? That's the conspiracy, or did he? But from what I looked, from what I read, what I looked at the day, it doesn't seem like it would have been his say. But then, who did decide? Um, and there's a lot of debate over that, um, whether it be church councils. Um, some people just say that God himself decided. Like, people just knew what should be included. It was like God's will that certain books were decide- were included and some weren't. But it would... So this is where people would talk about, like, oral tradition. And so obviously... You know, they wouldn't have had the technology that we have today. So we know that the 2004 tsunami happened because we can, you can watch footage of it. Mm-hmm. We know it happened. There's evidence of it. Um, so oral tradition would have come from, so you need to know, uh, let me, I'm just trying to think of an example. Say, for example, you guys both meet, uh, someone that we knew from school in London. Let's right, say you okay. go meet, you, you want to have a little chat with John in London. Right. right okay. So you both meet up. Um, if you guys wrote an account of the day, yeah, they would largely be the same. Mm-hmm. You would spot different things. Tiss would spot different things. I could you. see John felt John seemed uneasy. Yeah, or something. Yeah, or well, Tiss might word it a different way, but you the story John would seemed mirror. boastful. Yeah, the stories would be the same. If 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 I then read an account of something else, and it was someone who I didn't, who I knew didn't know John as well as you, mm-hmm. then I would immediately not right, discredit okay. it, but you wouldn't be as interested in it. Okay. Because it doesn't carry the same weight. Um, some suggest that he said like 17 were removed in that video. Yeah. 17 books. Some say it's 13. Some say it's more. Some say there was none removed, whatever. Mm. Um, even though it's obvious there was some because you can read the ones that were. So I don't know what the people that believe there was none removed. Whatever. I guess they're saying they were never put in the first place so they can't be removed. Yeah, they weren't. They wouldn't have been. It's not that they were removed. They just weren't put in. And it's it's precisely for the point. There's many, well, it's many reasons. What the Book of Mormon is, isn't it? Sorry, that's what the Book of Mormon is, isn't it? Oh no, that wasn't. He didn't no, find. Book, he didn't find any scrolls. No, the book God of, told him what to write. That's yeah. the Mormon. That's completely different. Yeah, but some of the missing books are said to have included things like more of the reincarnation stuff mm. that we talked about. Uh, Jesus's marriage that they wanted to taken out. Um, did he get married? We're getting into this again. Wow, did he? We talked about this at the oh. beginning. That's Mary Magdalene. Okay. <laughs> that's like, I can't talk about that now. We talked about that later. Oh, okay. I want to. I don't know. Thanks. Read the Watch the Da Vinci Code. It's all about it. <laughs> it's that's a spoiler for the end. Amelie. Um, <laughs> the actress um, who played Amelie is in the Da Vinci Code. She's like the main lead. Along with oh, yeah, I know that. Amelie's a great film. It's good. Recommendation of the week, Amelie. <laughs> um, okay. Christ Christ. So I was on uh, BibleStudyTools.com. Okay. Yeah. And it, I just wanted to know who decided. This is what it says. Who decided what belongs in the canon? Theologians are careful to note that the church didn't develop the canon 
God did that by inspiring its writings and superintending each book's preservation. The church recognized this canon by experience and mutual agreement. So what it says. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, some of that is kind of... Wishy-washy. I mean, what they're saying is that it's divinely yeah. given by God. Yeah. But it would have come from the people that knew Jesus. So it largely would have been the apostles of what we would have called, what we would call the first century church. So if you look at like Paul, uh, who was, he wasn't a Christian. Um, he had an experience and, and then became a Christian. But he like, um, I'm just trying to thought now. What were we just talking about? We're talking about the who. Oh, yeah. Um, so who, how yeah, who, who decided yeah. the canon? Um, so yeah, it would be decided in the same way that I would decide what text to believe about John in London. Like you, yeah, but you, the, the, I think the whole conspiracy in the debate is are the people who decided mm. deciding for the benefit of the Roman Empire or for the benefit of truth of a, a truthful account? Are they trying to control the masses by choosing certain books, or are they trying to just give the best stuff? The but the the idea of the Roman Empire getting involved doesn't make any sense because the following that Jesus had after his resurrection was tiny. There would have been about five hundred people who saw Jesus. Well, the Bible says that Jesus then saw like five hundred people to show that he'd been resurrected. The following, like the amount of people that that um, stopped following Jesus when he died was massive. Mm-hmm. It can't his followers down. Because it was like the unbreakable man right, right, right down. So they, they saw his death and thought, oh, that's it, it's over. They walked off. Mm. So it's pretty much the apostles. And, only, and even then, there was Peter who denied him and Judas hang himself. Um, so the like, if, if you want to say that the Roman Empire was getting involved, it's a bit silly because there wouldn't have been many people following him anyway. Right. So it would have been down to like I say, like the first century church, the first century believers. And it's only when you, if you read Acts 2, that's when it really kind of cranks it right up. But yeah, I, I can see why people would say that, but I don't, I don't, I don't see why they would want to try and control the masses. Mm-hmm. This is why I said it was like Bob versus Beef, because I'm putting these conspiracies and it's almost like, not that I'm like, defend this, but I know you're going to have like your opinion on it. So it's yeah. like, this is what people think. Go. Hmm. Um, but I've got is, one I, more that I've got one more. Oh, go on. and this is the juiciest one. That's why I said it to the last because this is is that pun intended? This is meaty. Um, what? Oh, juicy, <laughs> juiciest, ju- juicy. No, that's not a pun. Ju- oh, juiciest. She's juiciest. No, Jewish. no. This is. Um, is Jewish? Yeah. So this is. Uh, I would. This is the most controversial one. It's a very well-known theory. Um, and that's the theory that Christ was a complete myth and he never existed. No. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there because well, <laughs> it seems like there's more evidence the other way. Okay. Uh, the Christ myth theory uh, is the proposition that Christianity started with the belief in a new deity named Jesus who was later historicized in the Gospels, which are essentially allegory and fiction Alternately, in simpler terms given by Bart Ehrman, the historical Jesus did not exist, or if he did, he had virtually nothing to do with the founding of Christianity. Hmm. What are they basing that on? Okay, this is um, this some of the key arguments that he didn't exist. Mm-hmm. No historians of the time mentioned Jesus in any of their writings. Other than the Bible, around the time of his actual life, mm-hmm. actually the Bible wasn't even written around the time of his actual life, for someone who was creating such a hubbub and stuff, there's no historical writings of the time of him being alive. 
that had him in it. Historical writings that had him in it came out like after the Bible was already written. Okay. So that's 350 years later. You think if something that big was going on, there'd be some historical record of the time. One thing I'd say to debunk that slightly. Okay. Go, go. History is always written by the victors, right? Right. So if the Romans didn't like Jesus, maybe they wouldn't write about him. Okay. Or they they would write about him after they wanted to use him to suppress certain people. I don't know. I guess if they, if they hated him and killed him, like, like if we killed, um, who's that dude? WikiLeaks. Julian uh, Assange. Assange. We probably wouldn't write about him. We'd just keep him hush hush. Right. That's the government. Okay. This is Julian Assange. Not that that's um, he's Jesus. <laughs> that's all. Now, the, one of the words in this is a is a quote. Um, the only history of his life comes from four quote anonymously written gospels. Mm-hmm. Um, there, and were, there were historians that wrote about him. Okay. All of the evidence boils down to uh, hearsay. So I'm, what I'm going to do is. I'm going to play a little video now. Okay. And then we'll come back. Cool. So this is Bart Ehrman, which is who was mentioned at the beginning of that, who was one of the writers. Um, I'm just going to play like two minutes of this video of him. And the title of this video is Gospels Were Not Read by Eyewitnesses and there are no, There Is No Jesus in Historical Record. So he's getting right to the point of what I was just saying. The truth may not be what you were taught, but if it's true, you should believe it, not run from it. As I studied more and more using my intelligence as an evangelical, but also praying about it, I became convinced that the New Testament Gospels were not written by eyewitnesses or by people who knew eyewitnesses. The first point to make is the rather obvious one that the Gospels don't claim to be written by eyewitnesses. They are all anonymous. The titles in your Gospels, the Gospel according to Matthew and so forth, were added by later editors. They were not put there by the original authors. Second point, none of the Gospels claims to be written by the person whose name it bears. They don't claim to be written by eyewitnesses, and they don't claim to be written by people named Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are later traditions that were added to the Gospels. These traditions do not start appearing for about a hundred years. Some people think that there is an early church father named Papias who attests to the witness of Mark and Matthew, but in fact there are very solid reasons for thinking that Papias, who lived around the year 120 to 140, is not referring to our Mark or our Matthew. The first time anybody refers to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John by name is Irenaeus in the year 180. But the unfortunate thing about Jesus is that we have such scanty documentation about his life. Most people don't realize this, but Jesus is never mentioned in any Greek or Roman non-Christian source until 80 years after his death. There is no record of Jesus having lived in these sources. In the entire first Christian century, Jesus is not mentioned by a single Greek or Roman historian, religion scholar, politician, philosopher, or poet. His name never occurs in a single inscription, and it is never found in a single piece of private correspondence, zero, zip, references. Keyword there, that's why I wanted to play that first, when you said there is written... No, no non-Christian writings mention him um, until 80 years after his death. It's quite a long time. Uh, it is so, quite a long time. But 
people would wouldn't even query that Julius Caesar was someone who who lived. Mm-hmm. But people didn't start writing about him until like something like three hundred years later or something like that. I've got a video I'd like to recommend in I'll put it on the website to that. Um, yeah, well, there is, there is, there's plenty, there's plenty of people that would that wrote about him at the mm-hmm. time. Um, so I don't know why he seems like an angry bloke. So I don't know where. What's his name? Uh, his name is Bart Ehrman. Right. Um, yeah, he's he was even cited on the Christ Myth Theory Wiki Wikipedia page, which I read from before. So he's quite a high standing believer in the, the Christ Myth Theory. Yeah. Uh, which is one of the biggest biblical conspiracies. Yeah. Um, do you put any weight into anything he said, Tissy? Um, I don't know. I've not read any of this texts, but I know a lot of people that I listen to, even they would say that Jesus was a philosopher in the well, this, early years. This is why I found this interesting, actually, because I've always considered, even as an atheist, I've always thought, mm. okay, so I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in Christianity and um, the words of the Bible, but... I would expect that Jesus was a real person, but in my opinion, it's like he is the figure to represent this belief. Hmm. Um, I, I, I always f- figured that he was a real historical person. So this, to me, this I never realized how big this this conspiracy is, this Christ myth theory. Um, but it was all news to me. Like even as an atheist, I always thought Jesus was a real person. Hmm. But, um, yeah, some of it was quite interesting to read up on. So, One of my favourite painters, actually, Hieronymus Bosch, there's not a lot of information about him, apart from where he was born, but he painted loads of shit. So that was only 13th century. Mm. But the, um, the, what they say is, uh, this is an article uh, also from The Independent, uh, which I was reading. I'm not going to take much from it, but the link will be on the website if you want to read more. Um, this is an article about the author Joseph Atwill. He wrote Caesar's Messiah, the Roman conspiracy to invent Jesus. Um, and he said that the story of Jesus Christ was, quote, fabricated to pacify the poor. Um, he said that Christianity was a sophisticated government propaganda exercise used to pacify the subject of the Roman Empire. And this is a quote from him that Christianity was developed and used as a system of mind control. Um, he said that all of Jesus' life story can be traced to other sources. So all everything about Jesus, you can trace it to stories older than him. It's like they took elements from loads of ancient mm. things like Greek, myth, um, Egyptian mythology. There's a lot of Horus' life story in Jesus' story. Mm. And it's like they took bits all over and created this new religion, which new then God, they could yeah. control people with, like made it as a form of mind control. And then promoted this uh, new deity, this new religion. That's what this guy gets at um, on this article, which I will put a link to. It's from The Independent. And I have another video here, which just is um, is quite a high, well-known atheist guy. Um, so he's a bit of a blowhard, like most um, high-ranking atheist yeah. guys. I don't know if you've heard of him, Robert M. Price. No. But he... He's author of The Christ Myth Theory and Its Problems. Um, but he talks about all... This is just a quick video that he talks about a lot of the figures that Jesus' story can be taken from and yeah. compares it to stuff that There's I find also, this quite interesting. Uh, documentary on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a lot about this in it as well. The documentary that Beef was talking about, I'm not sure if it's available on Netflix or not, but uh, the documentary he recommends is called Patterns of Evidence... Exodus. 
which is a 2014 documentary. So this is uh, Debunking the Jesus Myth. Robert M. Price is on YouTube. Uh, the crowning of Jesus, that's part of, by, by the people, they uh, hail the son of David and all that. As Dundas points out, that's a classic part of the mythic hero archetype. But then the same people turn on him. The same kind of reversal happens there. Uh, he's, oh, I forgot to say the uh, persecution by a tyrant when he's an infant. That's told of Caesar Augustus, uh, Moses, Krishna, uh, Zoroaster, and so on and so on. Uh, the, the passion narrative, uh, that, again, that has, that's most like the dying and rising God thing, but even if you secularize it and have him uh, stand trial before the Roman procurator, there's a very similar one in Apollonius's life where he's uh, made to stand trial before the Emperor Domitian and miraculously gets out of it. Uh, the notion of uh, post-mortem appearances, Romulus, who vanishes during a, a battle, no one can find any trace of him. He appears several times to the senators and others, and he says in one version, I've now become the God Quirinus, and another one he said, I was a god and came to earth, but at any event they say, uh, he, he was a king of Rome, and he said, one day Rome will become a great empire if you guys go forth and spread this, my worship and so on. Uh, Apollonius even appears in a Doubting Thomas story to one disciple who just cannot believe in immortality and figures even the sage is dead, even though he's ascended bodily into heaven, and, and uh, Apollonius appears to him, though no one else can see him, and, and convinces him that that uh, indeed he's immortal and so will the disciple be uh, the empty tomb stories you find a few of those in contemporary novels like Caritan's uh, Kyrius and Caliraway where this guy's uh, lover has been uh, killed, he thinks, though she's only in a coma. She's been prematurely buried in an opulent tomb, and he comes to visit, but in the meantime, the tomb robbers, seeing that it is a rich person's tomb figure, there must be all kinds of goodies in there they can steal, so they open it up, and she's reviving, and they don't want a witness left of their theft, so they kidnap her. Uh, well, they, here come her friends and relatives to find the tomb open, and the, the grave clothes left there, and says, oh, the gods have taken her up. They were jealous of me and my love, and then he realizes that, no, she's just been kidnapped and goes off to find her. And in the course uh, of the adventure, he gets crucified, but survives it. And the same thing happens in a few more of these novels all around the second century. Well, you got crucified heroes that survive the cross. you got people that are entombed alive in, in rich people's tombs to attract tomb robbers. And then you have a final uh, reunion scene where they think, you must be a ghost. Uh, I, I gave you up for dead long ago. No, it's really me. Uh, and uh, you, you begin to think all of this stuff was well known. These are popular novels and popular myths and, and so forth. Is it pure coincidence that this stuff shows up in the Gospels? I, I don't think so. I just don't see how you can say, oh, no, none of that matters. I'm a big comic book fan. Suppose uh, you said, well, Batman, the Martian Man, out of the Green Lantern. Well, these are clearly just fiction, but Superman. Now, now that really happened. There's just no reason to think that. They're all comic books. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and so I just see the same thing. In fact, there's this great... 60s story about Superboy. He goes on tangent about Superboy there, so I'm just going <laughs> to... If you want to watch the whole video, it's, uh, I'll put it on the blog. So here's just, just him saying, taking just top of the top of his head, obviously he's a well-read guy, uh, whatever you think of him, but he's off the top of his head thinking of many things about the Jesus story and saying, well, this is similar to this story and this story and this story, and these are all well-known at the time. It's a bit of a coincidence that 
this happened and then this happened and this happened this happened and this is like this god and this is like that yeah i the the christ myth people love mm-hmm. i know i know about these guys they uh they're the yeah these atheists that have got a bit of a chip on their shoulder mm-hmm. um you know yes there's there's lots of fiction at the time that that had these kind of myths there's lots of things about herods and um so on and so forth but it, it, to me, I just think, and and actually, if you if you look at quite a lot of the stuff that that people argue back with, they don't they don't answer it. They won't address um, some of the stuff which. Uh, so this this video addresses. They won't address it. Um, so they they seem to have the similar kind of spiel that they'll churn out time and time again. Um, I mean, all the guys I watched who believed in this Christ myth theory, they all. Seemed very similar. Yeah. It was hard for me to like choose what one to play because they all seem, obviously they're putting the same thought across, but there was not much diversity in the type of person they were. They all had the same, oh, this and this and this and you're wrong yeah. and this is, um, which I found quite tiring mm. uh, watching these all afternoon. <laughs> um, it's quite exhausting to listen to because yeah. it's, it, it, they, they don't seem to explain, it, it's just, it's just one guy going, and what about that? And this? And what about that? And you're like, okay, so you've you've read some stories. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem to, they don't seem to kind of put it together. It doesn't seem to gel together enough for me to think, well, hang on a minute. As someone um, in the middle, Tissy, do you think there's any weight to the similarities in popular stories at the time? Um, yeah, they're pretty similar, but then, I mean, maybe it was just similar because those were the sort of times they lived in. That was the sort of... Crucifixions were rife. All this other stuff was rife. That's do you know what I mean? Like great. That's that's like an rife. argument to and for and against. Yeah, it's like but those well, those sort of anyway. things happened all the time. So they were in stories and they yeah. happened in real life. Or like, yeah, these things happen all the time. So it's relatable for the masses to this story we're going to make up. Yeah. Um, um, the video that you can find on YouTube, uh, which I could I could play as like a come back to what I can, you guys are saying or you can I can insert it on the episode um, if you want to watch the whole thing you can but obviously it sounds like Bob's going to pop it in the episode I'm going to insert it um, it's because I know we're getting on for time uh, you, if you search student alpha you come to this this playlist of 11 videos and if you go to week one who is Jesus um, I'm gonna, I can't ever remember this guy's name so he talks a lot about textual criticism okay um, and and yeah, Bob's gonna pop it in, and I'll probably insert a little clip of it on this yeah. episode. But these guys, the 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 Christ myth guys, have been asked time and time again about the textual criticism, and they don't seem to have a cohesive um, comeback for it. So, but yeah, it's fair enough. I, I understand completely that people just, would think he's a myth. So I'm just gonna jump in here to insert the video that Beef was just talking about. What is the evidence for Christianity? For starters, did Jesus even exist? Now, regardless of their religious belief, no serious historian would deny that Jesus of Nazareth existed. All would agree that there's simply too much evidence that that the man walked on planet Earth. For example, the Roman historians Tacitus and Suetonius speak about him. The Jewish historian Josephus, writing very close to Jesus' time, he said this, Now there was about this time Jesus, a wise man, if it's lawful to call him a man, for he was a doer of wonderful works. 
There is evidence outside the New Testament from credible historical sources. There's also, maybe obviously, lots of evidence inside the New Testament. Many people say, well, yeah, but hang on, the Bible was written a long time ago. How do we know, how can we trust it? How do we know that what we have today is what the original authors wrote? We can be confident, actually, about what the New Testament writers wrote through a science called textual criticism. And basically, the idea is this. When you read a book that's a copy of an ancient manuscript of any kind, you can ask two questions of that that's going to help you know that what you are reading is actually very accurate and what the original author wrote. The first is how quickly after the original was written did someone make a copy? Secondly, how many copies are there? For example, Herodotus, written in the 5th century BC, the earliest copy that we have is around AD 900, 1300 year gap. Caesar's Gallic War, 950 year gap between the original and the first copy. Livy's Roman History, 900 year gap between the original and the first copy. And no classical scholar would doubt the authenticity of those works. So how about the New Testament? The books of the New Testament were written between 40 and 100 AD. The earliest copies that we have begin in AD 130. And we have full manuscripts by AD 350. So depending on how you see it, there is at most only a 300-year gap. And at the very least, a 30-year gap between the original and the earliest dated copy that we have. What about the number of copies of each? Herodotus, eight copies. Caesar's Gallic War, 10 copies. Livy's Roman History, 20 copies. The New Testament, 24,000 300 copies, 5,309 Greek manuscripts, 10,000 Latin manuscripts, 9,300 other. You look at this and you see that the New Testament stands out absolutely unapproachably alone amongst ancient prose writings. And it's crucial to, to note that right from the beginning that no secular historian would disagree with that conclusion. So there's all kinds of evidence that Jesus existed. I'm just going to play uh, one minute of, of one last video. This is, um, it's very strange to me. Like, it's so different to the other. You know, I said they're all similar. This one was so different. Um, it's almost is the delivery of like a black gospel church, but it's like they're all atheists. Right. And it, the delivery of it is like, you know, a black minister, hmm. but it is like an anti-Christianity gathering. So I'm just going to play the first minute of this. If you can show me the grave site. Oh, yeah, sorry. This guy, what he's saying is that not only is Jesus not real, everything that happened in the Bible is real, and everyone that's mentioned in the Bible is fictional. Okay. Okay. Seems like too exhausting to put that all together, but yeah. If you can show me the grave site of anybody mentioned in the Bible. Not, see, I told him about Jesus there. Well, you ain't going to find Jesus there because he got up. <laughs> okay. Let's do anybody. Anybody. If you can show me, take me to the gravesite of one person mentioned in the Bible, I will pay all your living expenses to the day I die. I've been putting that challenge out over the internet, over the world for years, because they never existed. We're talking allegorical people. No. 
Never existed. Now, there was, according to the Hebrew writings of the Talmud, there was a guy named Yahshua ben, ben Pandera, okay, who was supposedly existed 100 years B.C. See, when you, when, when, everybody repeat after me. Say it this way. When you don't have a past, you must create myth to supplement the facts of your existence. See? But he just got them to say that. <laughs> See? <laughs> you said it. Yeah. So he's quite extreme. That is ridiculous. It started yeah. off like a comedy bit. Yeah. I'll tell you why. Um, he's very charismatic, I'll give him that. Yeah. That's, that's like saying, um, you show me the gravestone for any soldier that died in World War Two. Because if you go to these, some of these mass burial sites mm. left over from World War Two, a lot of these gravestones don't have names on them. So you're trying to tell me they don't exist. That's ridiculous. It's, that's, like, that's precisely what he's saying. He's saying, well, that gravestone doesn't exist, so well, that person didn't I, exist. I cut the video there because then he went off on a rant about how the church only exists to keep black people down, uh, and that's like a whole other thing. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of also talk. Um, I was going to include a talk about it, but I uh, decided not to. It's about the Mark of Cain. Right. People, some people saying that the mark of Cain, which is like the mark of evil, right? Mm. The mark of the devil, something like that. No, I, this is people. Yeah, this is people getting too hit up over over symbolism. Because you know what I'm gonna say that the mark of Cain is black skin, right? No, that's I, I oh, okay. That's what they were getting at. Okay, uh, a lot of people on some of these. Um, uh, conspiracy websites and stuff like that and readings from the Bible uh, interpretations were saying that the mark of Cain was black skin and therefore the, the Bible is like anti-black which I think is an unnecessary and invalid viewpoint it just doesn't you can like people say you can find stuff in the Bible to prove whatever you want if you read it and say well if you interpret it like this it means yeah. this same as Harry Potter same as Harry same Potter same as anything you can read any text and read anything you want into it if you want to um, but what I could I'm just going to wrap this up now uh, the, the evidence of what people could say is the evidence of the existence of Jesus Christ I look for the what people say is the main evidence and it all boiled down to everyone says well the evidence of Jesus Christ actually being real is the Bible okay. and that was the only evidence that a lot of people were putting forward um, so I'm just going to read this I read when um, I read started the Christ myth theory thing there's I read from the Wikipedia page, there's two paragraphs that explain what it is. I read the first, I'm just going to read the second one. In modern scholarship, the Christ myth theory is a fringe theory not supported by any tenured specialists in biblical criticism or cognate disciplines. The Christ myth theory contradicts the mainstream historical view, which is that while the Gospels include many mythical or legendary elements, these are religious elaborations added to the biography of a historical Jesus who did live in the first century Roman Palestine was baptised by John the Baptist and was crucified by the order of the Roman prefect Pontius Pilate, which is more, in my believing, I I always believe him to be a historical figure, but hmm. I'm not, that? yeah, I'm not a Christian. Um, that's precisely, that's precisely why the I just thought, guys, they don't, you won't find, this is what I'm saying, you won't find, and Rachel would the same say the same thing, you, you wouldn't find a credible historian or theologian yeah. In 
uh, amongst any of them. I thought I'd save that that, sen- that paragraph till the end because it would like put your mind at ease that this is like a real fringe um, belief. And they won't they won't answer you. I've seen I've seen debates with these guys. They don't they don't have any intelligent. Um, what's the word like? They, they don't they don't have anything intelligent to offer when you when you debate with them. It's just well, the word I used they earlier. They just keep repeating. The like same I said, stuff. they're blowhards. It's yeah. they're just blowhards. It's it's beating you down with their opinion. They don't want to hear both sides of the story. They don't want to think. But there we go. I didn't. I felt like I wasn't very attacking. No. Um, this is this is really just sort of an introduction to my biblical conspiracies. The juicy stuff. It will be in the next ones. Which won't be my next episodes. Um, I will come back to them eventually, though. The name of the guy... I know it's, you're going to listen to it in the episode anyway, but yes. the name of the guy, in case you're interested, is Jamie Haith. And he's the guy uh, who tells us who Jesus is. Okay. But it's part of the Alpha series. Um, any closing thoughts before I do the outro shit? No. It was, really, it was really interesting to listen to it, and I'm very aware of... I, the only one I didn't know about was the alien... Right, okay. Jesus being alien. When I left the house today, Becca said, um, don't fall out of beef. Nah. And I said, look, if beef falls out of me or gets offended by anything I've got to put to him on this episode, then, in my opinion, he's not steadfast enough in his own faith. Yeah. Um, no, I, I knew we were going to So when I was hyping it up, being like Bob versus beef, and I'm going to do it when I promote the episode anyway, but when I was tweeting about it earlier, it's yeah. just it's just me being a hype man. Yeah. And I'm going to do it. When this comes out, it's going to be like, The Epic Showdown, Bobby Beef. <laughs> uh, I'm going to put some Wild West like showdown music at the start of the episode and stuff. Cool. So while we wrap up, Listener of the Week this week, I want to give it to Peter Gearing, who got hold of us via Facebook. I was really late in getting back to you, Peter, because I was moving house, and I saw your message like two weeks after you sent it. Uh, but he sent us a message from the past. He's on like episode whatever, like whatever he recorded last April, and he's like, I'm really enjoying it so far, I can't wait to get up to speed. So when he finally does get up to speed, he's going to realise that he was listening to the week eventually. Awesome. So this is us from the future, or when you listen to it from the past, saying you're listening to the week, Peter. Welcome um, to the future. Listen to the week. Uh, you can find us all the usual stuff you can contact us unexplainableukml.com you can go on weirdtales and theunexplainable.com where you can find links to our twitters facebooks you can contact us there you can find the blogs all the links to the show and I do recommend looking at some of them because there's a lot of stuff I didn't have time to get into um, you can also donate there and you become a patron via patreon uh, which is patreon.com slash weirdtales and the unexplainable where you can uh, set up a monthly subscription of as little as one dollar a month with plenty of different rewards more of which we're going to add soon i was thinking of setting up like a little monthly mini pod to put on the patreon where it's like ask weird tales yeah. so you can ask yeah. us questions or like ask for a relationship advice ask for life That'd advice amazing i'd love to do um and we'll be like your dear dear dreams that's a reference that's a reference for UK listeners only. We're going to be your dear, dear dreams for um, if, once a month. If you've got your questions, I'm going to set that as the next tier on Patreon. So Ask Weird Tales mini pod. Send us your uh, problems or questions. If you just want to ask something of us, you ask it. But I'm already, I want to get into more like late night talk radio style. 
Okay. I think that'd be fun. I'm also going to send out a couple of things for listeners. So someone in America, I'm going to send you my badge I got from the Victor Wind Museum from the Weird London episode. So contact me and let me know if you want it. And someone in the UK, you're going to get a <laughs> poorly printed Sage and Prey t-shirt <laughs> in size uh, either L or XL. I can't remember what I've got leftovers of. But I'm going to send someone in the UK a Sage and Prey t-shirt. They are only owned by members of Weird Tales and they're not getting printed when we make our t-shirts. That is exclusive. This is exclusive. We're not doing the Sage and Prey designs when we set up the t-shirts, which are coming for people who ask. Sean literally just asked me while I was recording this episode. They're coming. I've just moved house. I'm going to be on that as soon as possible. I'm just going to jump in one last time for a couple more extra bits of information. Uh, You have another episode next week. There's a special episode that I did... um, without the other two guys, which is going up next week. And then the week after that, you have the next regular episode, so you're getting three weeks in a row of Weird Tales. And also, the outro music this week, I wanted to start uh, putting in music from listeners. I know lots of our listeners make their own music or in bands, and I really wanted to try and support that as someone who used to be in bands and does still create music from time to time, and as does Tiss. So, um... The outro music this week is supplied by Your Secret Diary, which is the musical project of one of our listeners. And you can find links to listen to his other stuff on our website. And if you make music of your own, let us know. And we'd love to feature some more music from listeners at the end of our episodes for the outro music. So, oh, that was a long outro. Uh, done. Done? Done. Until next time. Didn't even think of one. Christ, you're late. Yeah, Christ on a bike. That was a long episode. When there's something started, no one knew it could endless space really be true. It's even nothing, something too. Can you light a fuse? It ever you. What's it got fearing? Physicists to do the Big Bang and creation too. Big Bang's on the way if that's what you choose to believe